This is episode 74 of Cooldown Time, a weekly show about gaming's best and bootiest. I'm your technical mess of a host, once again, Pablo, and joining me is my co-host, the graphically impressive Marco. What's up, bro? How you been? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Busy week, but um, still making time to play these games and... Uh be obsessed with Splatoon 3, but we'll talk about that in a second. But uh, other than that, Obsession yeah. is going pretty well, man. I'm doing all right. How about you? Yeah, all is well. Uh, a weird work week for sure. Every week is a weird work week because I have to work, and that's weird. Um, well, strip club you know, hours are pretty crazy anyway, so I don't blame you. Well, I don't want to shake my ass for just any <laughs> client. And, you know, it's, uh, but I, it is what it is. Uh, let me ask you a quick question here before we get into the, the show. Is this the first time in a long time that TGS has been like a thing that people are talking about more? Because I remember every year TGS is out. It's kind of like a forgettable kind of yeah Japanese centric thing that nobody really talks about. But there's been some stuff this week that I can't really recall any time any TGS week has been as crazy as this week. I don't know, man. It, it, TGS used to be like the the E3 part two of the year like way back when but then it just got to the point where like games took over it just yeah. it just kind of phased out or it just kind of felt like it was like reduced down to just this like basic i don't know it's almost like gamescom kind of kind of tier um but it, it does yeah. it does you're right it does seem like a lot of people are like really lasered in on it now and it might just be because of you know catching the wave of the nintendo direct and the state of play and just naturally people are kind of like locked in now to conferences but yeah it does feel a little bit like it's 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 a little extra uh hype on it now for some reason but i don't know man. i just i just hope it stays beautifully japanese as it has been uh because i fear that all the attention is getting that mm -hmm. by this time next year it'll just be a western thing and you know I, I love how Japanese TGS is. Yeah. It's just there's some stuff in there that you you probably never thought you'd see, and it's it's pretty dope. But Marco, in this episode, we're going to talk a little about T, a little bit about TGS, mm -hmm. but we're also going to talk about the Nintendo Direct, Sony State of Play, and like I said, the game show, right. Tokyo Game Show. Yep. We're going to talk about Bonnie Ross bouncing on three four three Industries, mm. the roadmaps of Assassin's Creed and Yakuza, and much much more. But before we begin, Marco. Let's go ahead and let them know how they can support the show. All right. Well, if you like Cool Down Time, I think it's time for you to give the podcast a sub. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and our official website at cooldowntime.com. And if you're feeling extra cool, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at It's Cool Down Time to keep us in your FOV in between episodes. So, Pablo, with that out of the way, I think it's time to get the show started, man. All right, let's do it the way we always do it, with loadouts. All systems nominal. Loadouts ready. Marco, it's been a crazy week for games, but, you know, not a lot of video games have released since Splatoon 3, but that's a good thing, because we've been playing the shit out of Splatoon 3. Yes, we have. Do you want to... Uh, do you do you want to talk about it a little bit? I know you don't have it in your rundown, but I know you and I have been pl pretty much playing every night. Yeah. Uh, you have any updates on how you feel about the game? Yeah, um... 
You know, I think that this game compared to the first two for me personally is much more of an addiction. Uh, this time around, I, obviously, it doesn't hurt that you know you're on board with it now. So there's, there's somebody to link up with, but I think just overall, there's something that is really, really polished about this experience in general that just makes it um, addicting, and, and you want to keep coming back to it. Um, you know, and so I, I've kept it in my regimen ever since the last episode. I'll put a couple hours in if I can, maybe even more than that if possible. But um, I think this game is really, really good. Um, I'm surprised that the open critic has gone down to 82 um, because this game to me is just like it is it is the, the perfection of the formula. So I just don't know what the expectations were that justified it, it continuing to get knocked down. But I'm still yeah. enjoying the hell out of it, and it sounds like you are too. So, what do you think about it? Yeah, honestly, I was shocked that it got reviewed so high. This is, you know, we always joke about this game. Um, you know, last night, jokingly, Marco and I are playing. My wife is is nearby, and I ask her, "Hey, this game is about me gaining control of an area by." Uh, spraying paint all over it and she goes wow fun it sounds weird and it to her point it sounds boring but it's not you know and i'm shocked that people who reviewed this game got it and unfortunately it's gone down to 82 but i I mean i wouldn't just like a lot of the open critic stuff about games that are like so they're niche and they're weird and they're different um people are are sometimes don't want to step outside of the norm and and look at things for what they are i think this game is absolutely in, incredible um when the first platoon came out is as weird as you think it'd be i didn't pay much attention to it two definitely got me a little more into it but three really has got me by the loins mm-hmm. the loins really got me there um it's just it's just it is it is what it is but it is the perfect version of that i i think um every minute that i'm playing it's is is just chock full of fun really it really is man it's it's they're short it three minute matches just perfect like they they really got the formula down with this game i think my least favorite thing about the game is actually the open that hub world like just like walking around to it It, it's it's cool and all but i just want to be in those matches Mm -hmm. man like i know they want to do a lot with with the outside stuff and that's cool and i think that's going to bring a lot of depth into the game down the road but as it stands right now just the actual act of playing the game is is phenomenal and the lockers i don't know did we talk about lockers in the last episode we did not talk about lockers man listen there's a locker feature in this game and it is it is totally cosmetic there is no real redeeming value to it at all but for some reason optional too they let you customize your locker and it is cocaine juice it is total (laughs) cocaine liquid somehow and me and pablo have just like doused out like just an obscene amount of time into customizing our lockers in that game you can put your weapons in there you can put these little trinkets that you get from one of the stores in the game it is totally pointless adds no value to the game whatsoever but for some reason it is like it is incredibly fun to do that for i don't know how they pull that off Let's say if I put 10 hours to the game, that's an arbitrary number. I don't know. I probably put like four of those into oh just God. customizing my locker. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 listen, it's, I don't blame you. Yeah. I don't blame you. They really, it's like, um, the same obsession, the same kind of, it's, it's scratching the same itch that Overwatch did with the, uh, with the loot boxes mm-hmm. and, and like the customization of like your, your character. I mean, there's that in the game, but this is a total separate thing. I love doing it. It's just so fun. Rearranging your whole locker, designing it, looking at everybody else's locker, which is 
some people are really creative, man. Um, I, I, I think that this is just, you know, it's just one of those little stupid features that they added on, and it's really hit with us. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, last looks Splatoon three. Last I, thing yeah, though. Go ahead. Also, the game set the record for biggest launch in Japan ever. That's right. Like ever, any game ever in Japan, ever. y'all. Splatoon three beat it. That's crazy yeah. ho. That's crazy. Yeah, I think that's a, and I think that's a testament to uh, just kind of what the, just kind of like what this game is and what it does. It, you know, you're playing yeah. with friends, yeah. playing online. It's it just, it, it's just a good time. And I've always said this: there's something to be said about fun. I love The Last of Us. I love narrative-driven games. Mm-hmm. Games that really, you know, pluck at the heartstrings, make you think. That that's the, that's the maturity of the industry, and I love games. But video games are supposed to also be fun. And there's something to be said about a game that its main kind of pull is fun. And this is what this game is. It is fun as fuck. On the Game Pro shit, it would have Fun Factor 5.0 with that one dude's head freaking out. See, they don't know about no Game Pro. They don't know nothing about that. <laughs> You're right, though. All right. Well, let's uh, let, let uh, yeah. Let's move on here. I'm going to go here real yeah. quick with uh, the DLC for Splatoon. Uh, Splatoon. <laughs> <laughs> this, would be, this would be wild DLC for Splatoon, bro. <laughs> yeah, no, the DLC to uh, The Last of Us Part 1, which is left behind. <laughs> a, a DLC that I played when it first came out. Uh, playing it again, I mean, look, it hits, it hits a lot of the, the notes that I remember. It's, it's, it's really nice. It's really, it's really uh, a really cool story. A lot of background to Ellie. Um, also completely remade from the ground up. The emotionality on the faces, just like the... Uh, the base game is so good. Mm-hmm. My only thing, and the reason I want to talk about it just real quickly, it's just, you know, it, it. I remember this being like one A to the story of, at least in my head, to the story of The Last of Us, and it just, it's not that. It, it's a lot less. Um, it's a lot less impactful emotionally to me, uh, but I think maybe that has to do with how I know Ellie's story goes, and I think because of uh, Last of Us Part Two and how that story kind of, you know, elevates her. It, However you want to look at her. So Left Behind, I, I think uh, my one disappointment about The Last of Us Part 1 is the fact that it's not um, part of the main game. If they would have just kind of implemented that into the main game as it yeah, goes on right when... Yeah, yep. yeah. So just a quick spoiler alert. Like when... when, um, when uh, Something happens to Joel... Joel basically. Yeah, midway something through happens the game. to Joel. Right when that happens yeah. there, if they would have kicked in with that DLC... I mean, it, it just fits so perfect. Yeah, I almost wonder if they cut it from the game and made it own its own thing because it just it's perfect. Uh, but yeah, man, look, I, I kind of also wanted to to to, to just wrap up the, our conversations about about this remake. I think that um, last week I said that if you're not you know if you've played this before and you don't feel like playing again maybe don't get it you know maybe i think that's changed a little bit i think that everybody deserve i think everybody who's a fan of this game needs to play this version of this game um i think it is a definitive version of it i think playing it and going and then like jumping onto um the last of us 2 which i did i played for an hour and it is uh it is it is a great time like it is just a great story through and through going from from the way that that game ends to how two starts it's a really like encapsulating yeah, uh i agree just an act of it's great artistic endeavor here by naughty dog and they really uh did a great job and again i would love to see all my top 10 games of all time get remakes like this and uh yeah i love this uh we're, we'll probably be talking about this down the line our game of the year show but mm-hmm. um here we are Marco, you're actually playing a new game that released yesterday or today. I I, I can't remember what it's. Uh, what game are you playing? Yeah, Tell yeah, everybody um, about it. And how are you enjoying it? As of this uh, recording, uh, Metal Hellsinger uh, has has re- has just released. 
Um, it is available on uh, Xbox Game Pass. So I gave this one a try. Um, this was one of those games uh, that I saw trailers for. I think in the, the Jeff Ke- one of the Jeff Keighley shows it probably was. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It just it's, it was one of those games that went in one ear out the other, and I just didn't really pay much attention to it. But it did seem like a pretty interesting premise. It's like the gameplay of Doom, but with like the rhythmic um, action uh, of like a music game, uh, and kind of bringing those two worlds together in a really unique way. Um, but I, on the surface, it just didn't look like it was for me. So um, I didn't really think anything of it. But it came out. I already had it preloaded because I figured, what the hell, I might as well just try it. I actually really like this game. I'm not going to lie. I think this game is really, really fun. Um, I was very surprised by the, and it could just be the early goings of the game, but I was very surprised about the narrative setup. I thought it was really well done. Uh, it, it doesn't take itself too seriously or anything like that, but it is trying to tell somewhat of a story. Uh, so I did appreciate that. Um, and the gameplay, I have to say, um, now, as long as you calibrate the game uh, because of the rhythmic aspect of it, uh, it has like a menu feature where you can go in and do that to make sure that your button prompts are timed with the music the yep. right way. If you go in and do that and it's synced up right, this game is very, very rewarding. Um, basically, if you do certain actions in the game, like firing a gun or uh, slashing a sword, in the in in unison with the beat of the song, which is obviously metal music because of the name of the game, um, you inflict I think more damage and you get more points. And as you get more points, yeah. um, you raise your like damage multiplier. And the more the damage multiplier goes up. Um, more instruments of the music start to come in all the way up till you max it out and then you get the vocals and everything just kind of comes to this big crescendo um, with with the music and the music is actually a lot better than I was expecting um, I'm having a really awesome time with it so far it, it, it is genuinely a big surprise for me um, I wasn't expecting the game to feel as good as it do, uh, as it did um, I wasn't expecting the music to be as good. The story is it, it, as good as it is. It's uh, it's very well made. I have to say, it's it has a really nice um, bit of polish to it as well. It doesn't feel like a cheap, flimsy kind of game. It looks pretty good. Um, I really don't have that many complaints so far. So I'm 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 hoping that this momentum will stay with me for the rest of the game. I don't know how long it is. But I have to be honest, this one kind of is a surprise for me. So um, I, it's, it's probably, I, I shouldn't even say probably, it's definitely not for everybody. But if you are willing to give it a try and you do have some kind of um, you know, interest in trying something that's a little bit cut from a different cloth, I think Metal Hellsinger is uh, one you might want to give a try. It, it, might, it might just surprise you. I played the demo a couple of, even months ago, I think. It, it was, I forgot what it was. We were talking about it the other day. I, it was some kind of uh, indie show or show where they had you can actually play uh, demos on Xbox mm-hmm. uh, for you know limited time, and I played it there. And I don't know, I it didn't feel great to me, um, but I'm willing to definitely try again just because of the fact that you know it was a demo. Um, yeah. When you play the game specifically, are you um, letting yourself kind of uh, let the music drive you, or are you using the meter where it shows you where you need to hit in order to kind of get that perfect? Hit? I is weird because I I use the music to do it, but I also what I noticed I started doing is I'm like tapping the floor with my with my foot. And I'm just trying yeah, to like yeah, yeah. mentally keep a rhythm of it too, because so much of what you do is based on following that rhythm. Even when you reload your weapon, there's a quick reload yep. 
uh, that you can pull off if you manage to press a button after the initial reload at a certain time, like kind of like Gears of War, but just more on a rhythmic basis. Um, and yeah. and so I, I definitely follow the, the lead of the music first uh, instead of the visual because there's a lot going on with the action in the game. So yeah. you can't always focus in on the, the visual prompt, even though it's pretty prominent. So I, I definitely follow the music um, much like I do in yeah, real life. Yeah, <laughs> When I played the demo, I was kind of either too early, because uh, you know I, not to say that I'm like a musician, but I am a little musically inclined, and so I was like, I'm not using this fucking thing, this uh, oh. meter, I'm not gamifying <laughs> this, and so I was kind of going by the beat, and I was a little early uh, sometimes, and so I had to be like, okay, let me go late, and I and I felt like I was hitting the button right when I was supposed mm-hmm. to, but it just never felt like I was always hitting everything yeah. the way i thought maybe it's a difficulty maybe if i turn is there a difficulty option? yeah there's difficulty, difficulty and up? like i said you can calibrate it you can keep going back in and recalibrating yeah. it to just make sure you get yeah, it right I did that a few times yeah yeah i did that a few times maybe it's a difficulty maybe i'll i'll, I'll hike this the difficulty up to see it is a little challenging yeah it, it is a challenging yeah. game but i haven't found it to be unfair yet i think it was more just like the first level i'm still trying to get my bearings because i've never played a game like this before so it was more like an right. adjustment thing for me but uh yeah. yeah i like it man it was a good time so i'm gonna keep at it okay. and uh, see how i feel about it and i might even talk about it in the next episode but that's uh that's all i got yeah well it's it's, it's a calm before it's the calm before the storm here Indeed. when it comes to video game releases yeah. uh so uh loadouts keep an eye on loadouts it's probably going to be a little more prominent part of the show as time goes on here as it always is during the fall but let's go ahead and move on to the next portion of the show the news segment of the point of the show which is hit points for breaking news, rumors, and booty juice, it's time for Hit Points. All right, Marco, a lot of news. Uh, we're going to actually leave all the uh, stuff, the, the direct and the state of play and the TGS stuff. We're going to leave that for our checkpoint yeah. chat here. Uh, we're going to talk about the other stuff surrounding that uh, news-wise. Uh, why don't we start off with something that happened in the earliest of mornings ungodly hours of morning yesterday <laughs> with some yakuza news what do you got for me marco yeah so basically um the future of the yakuza franchise has been revealed and it didn't disappoint uh first and foremost all upcoming games will be named like a dragon instead of yakuza moving forward uh, so that's the first thing. And as for the games, along with Like a Dragon Ishin remake, which was announced at State of Play, and we'll talk about that a little bit later on, uh, two additional games were also announced for the series. So coming in 2023 uh, will be Like a Dragon Gaiden, the man who erased his name, which will show the events that took place with longtime series protagonist Kiryu between Yakuza 6 uh, and, and Yakuza Like a Dragon. And then coming in 2024 will be Like a Dragon 8, which will be the next mainline game in the series and will star both uh, Kiryu and Ichiban and keep the JRPG gameplay system from 7. Um, now, before we get into how we feel about this, I, I want to call a quick timeout and give a quick PSA. If you haven't played a Yakuza game before, you might have glazed over. Um, but I, me and Pablo <laughs> cannot recommend this series enough. It is available on Game Pass. It might even be on PS Plus, if I'm not mistaken, or if not, it's very. It's usually always it on sale. It is. Yeah. It is. There. Yeah. It is one of the best long-running franchises out there. Um, and, and if you've listened to the show for a good amount of time, you've heard us 
mention the series at some point or another. And that's for good reason. So I would recommend if, if, if you couldn't follow what we were just outlining, please go give the series a try. Go start with Yakuza Zero. Yeah. And uh, I, I'm willing to bet that most of you are going to like it. But having said yeah. all that, Spinning back to what we just talked about here with all these new game announcements, Pablo, let me kick it over to you first. Tell me how you're feeling about all this news. Uh, fucking excited. <laughs> Listen, I mean, everything Yakuza uh, is has always, not always, that's a lie, has has been in the last decade of my life just pr- just some of the best games I've ever uh, I've ever played. Like uh, I still think about the events of Yakuza Six. I I, I still think about uh, the stuff that I played with with the spinoffs with Judgment and 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 Lost Judgment. This series is just I think it, it, it's you can't call it a hidden gem anymore because people are really uh, into it now with the prominence with, with with it coming out on Game Pass. People are kind of hip to it now. But before this was this was a series that not a lot of people were talking about and it always delivered uh so with the new announcements i love i i i love that we're getting more spinoffs uh i was a little worried with judgment and the actor of judgment uh the main the main protagonist not being part of the series anymore how this was going to pan out if we had to wait many years for just mainline but nope um like a dragon gaiden the man who raised his name i i I already, I already, as a fan, I already know what that's going to be about, and I can't wait to find out what happens uh, to Kiryu. I, I, a lot of people were kind of like, you know, we kind of let, we put him to rest in, 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 um, in Like a Dragon. Why couldn't just Ichiban kind of just taken over and just been the, the main protagonist? I get that. Also, Kiryu is one of the best uh, video game uh, protagonists ever, and I love mm-hmm. the fact that they're putting him into, into the game as well as a co, um, a co-protagonist. I will say this: when it comes to story, they for me they don't they rarely disappoint. And if they think that Kiryu is going to be part of the story because it needs to be part of the story, and it's a it's a story they want to tell. I'm all in for the ride. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things here are happening with, with the character in terms of how his hair looks and, and <laughs> all that. I, I'm super excited for this, and I like the fact that they're keeping the JRPG stuff too, because you know with Ishin uh, and then Judgment series and and then, and also uh, the man who erased his name all are still going to be beat ups uh the fact that the mainline J- uh mainline series are going to be jrpg uh i, I like that I, the diversity yeah. there is 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 awesome and they're and they're and it's it's a it, they're telling a story throughout all these games that are all connected in one way or another and they're all different kind of uh uh you know play styles it's super dope they they're, they, they're doing a really good job with the series and i can't wait for more uh, so we're not going to go, uh, Yakuza fans are not going to go hungry next year. We got two games and the year after that, we got a mainline Yakuza game, or I should say now like, like a dragon game. So super excited. Can't wait for mm-hmm. this. Uh, and, uh, how do you feel? Isn't it amazing where Yakuza is now compared to back in the day when it was this little niche, yeah. this little niche cult classic game. And there was even a time where it was like, how much longer will they keep making these games? And now you see the roadmap yeah. for this series has expanded tremendously. Um, and I think yeah. it's off the backs of Yakuza 0, Yakuza 6, and probably like a, the, the, the Like a Dragon game, um, which really sure. kind of broke through into more of a mainstream recognition. And I, I think we're starting to feel the benefits of that now. 
um, as we see them ramping up production for this series. Um, I like everything that I heard, bro. Everything that I heard sounded yeah, really man. good. Everything that we got a chance to see, even if it was just a little bit of a tease, was really, really interesting. And again, to people who haven't played this series, this is one of the most story-rich franchises that are out there. Uh, it's a mix of white-hot melodrama with... with over-the-top comedy and really memorable characters and, and just a lot of memorable An interesting moments. way to take off your shirt. Oh, my God. And, and the mini games too. You can run a whole cabaret if you want to. It, karaoke. 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 I mean, it's got all the things. And, and so that's what makes this series so special. It's such a big franchise, too. Like, these games are not these little teeny, itty-bitty games. There's so much to do in each of them. So the fact that they're ramping up like this is really, really exciting to see. All I ask is that they... We don't start getting these little six, seven, eight hour games. I don't want that kind of situation. I, I still want these games to, to to be, you know, I don't need them to be 40, 50, 60 hours. I'm not saying that either, but yeah, I just want right, them right. to not sacrifice um, the length of the games it, just to put more out is, is all I'm saying. And, and that's really not because so, there's nothing that Yakuza or like a dragon, I guess it's called. It's nothing that they're doing. That's, that's making me afraid for that. It's just the way that the conventions of, of the gaming industry have been lately. Um, sure. Where it just, it just puts me a little bit on edge when I see the ramp up like this It's like, all right, is it going to be I, a compromise it, here somewhere? I agree, but I want to remind you of the Kaito files, which were phenomenal this year. So, yeah. You know, I didn't want that one to end, though. That's the problem. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, that is true. That's that a good true. problem. And, and, to have, it, you know? and it could have also it could have probably benefited from a little bit more story uh, to, to kind of flesh yeah. that out. That could have been. Its own yeah. Game. Yeah. No, for sure. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Though. But um, yeah, other than that. Yeah. I'm super excited and uh, I cannot wait for these games to come out. So there's no question about that. Yeah. Um, I'll go. So what do we got? I'll next? go ahead and kick Ubisoft, off. One. So. Yeah. Let me kick off the next one, too. Um, so let's switch gears. Talk about Ubisoft. It's kind of almost like a weird parallel here between both of these games having you know these 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 bigger roadmaps. But Ubisoft has announced several new Assassin's Creed projects during their Ubisoft Forward showcase. Assassin's Creed Mirage is officially the next game in the series, which will go back to the series' roots with traditional stealth-based gameplay. Also. Codename Assassin's Creed Red was announced, which will be set in feudal Japan and plays more like modern Assassin's Creed games like Origins and Odyssey and Valhalla. Next, Codename Assassin's Creed Hex was teased, which is set during the 17th century witch trials and has more of a horror theme to it. Then we also learned that a mobile game and a Netflix series are both in the works. And finally, Ubisoft provided a few details about the Assassin's Creed Infinity project, which will apparently be an Animus-like hub that connects the mainline games and standalone multiplayer titles of the future. So, Pablo, the question is, after thinking about all these announcements, how do we feel about these projects, the roadmap for Assassin's Creed? Tell me what sounds good and what sounds awful. Mirage sounds great um, in, in that it's going back to his roots. Now, I, I, I would be uh, cautiously optimistic about it because it was intended to be a spinoff for uh, the Valhalla. And then that, that kind of spinned off into its own game. So I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that it's not going to feel that way, but it could. So I'm not going to get too excited about that. Um, as for everything else, look, uh, Codeine Red, I mean, everybody's won a Feudal Japan for 
forever since like yeah. day one. Yeah. You know that that's the Shinobi. Study yeah, you got to do it. Yeah, my only problem is they had this huge stage to talk about all these things, and they talked about projects that were many many years away. Yet nobody really knows what Infinity is. Like, yeah, it's a hub world. Whatever, but. Why isn't Mirage part of this? Uh, you know, why isn't why is Red part of it? Why is Hex part of it? Like, I don't understand what Infinity is, and that scares me. I think that they're being very, very, very careful with how they dull out the information. Why? Because I think that this is going to be closer to a Destiny Two kind of vibe, where the the game. Every those locations are going to be either an expansion or a DLC type of thing because they said we don't want every game that comes out on the on, on Infinity to be the same kind of game. These huge open world RPGs, blah blah blah. That for me sounds more like an addition to an expansion or a DLC kind of thing where because already you, uh, on top you create your own character that they they've, they have established that uh, in these games. I feel like it's just going to be one of those things where we're going to be able to play here and play there because if anybody familiar with the we assassins creed in the animus how that works is you know this you know you go into the dna of these people and your ancestors and you're able to play in these different locations right. that just to me sounds like now like that's going to be a menu option right you go in the animus and you go into japan you go into the other ones that the other settings that, that have been announced or that will be announced in the future and i just feel like it, that's more like a destiny map where you go into this planet or that planet where it's just you can go any between any of these two places at any time that you want to go and it's going to be this shared world kind of thing because that's how i feel that they're talking about it without talking about it so I mean, I know that the rumors when Infinity first were were, were actually um, came out was that this was that's exactly what this was going to be like this shared universe open, and so for me, I feel kind of shitty about the fact that we're finally getting that feudal Japan setting, but unfortunately, it's going to be part of this kind of you know shared universe type thing, and I and I I appreciate them uh, you know going back to the roots of Mirage, but I also mm-hmm. don't really feel very confident about the future of these games i already am feel burnt out on 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 the series that is and then making this into an all different kind of destiny like shared universe type of uh type of vibe i'm not i'm not about that i'm not into that at all um you know i'm that's not the type of games that i want to play and assassin's creed it wasn't born of that but I also understand that these series have to grow. Ubisoft has to make money, so it is what it is at that point. It's just a series that I probably won't be playing much if this, if that, if the case, if that's the case of, of what's happening here with, with Infinity. Now, I'm curious to think what what how you feel about it because I look I, I, again. I, I'm excited about the setting. I'm just not e- excited about the execution of the, what the game is actually going to be. Um. So here's the thing. My my opinion is slightly different from where you're at. Um, yeah. But I, I think we're, we're probably aligned on most fronts. Here, here's what I'll say. Mirage, Red, and Hex. I am interested in all three concepts. I like Mirage being going, you know, kind of going back to the roots of the series. I like that Red is finally, you know, bringing us to feudal Japan like we always wanted. And I really like the idea of taking the series in this witch trial direction with more of a horror-like theme with Hex. I think that's really cool. Now, here's the problem. Assassin's Creed is starting to get a little bit scatterbrained because now the games can happen anywhere, anytime, and they can play like anything. 
you know, now you've got a horror style version, you got a modern RPG version, and you got a traditional stealth version. So now what that says to me is that these games are all interesting, but they're lacking some kind of glue to kind of bind them all together and make it all make sense. So in principle, I do like the fact that there is something like an infinity that is going to serve as some kind of through line for these games. I think that is going to be helpful because, again, it's starting to get a little too discombobulated. I like it in principle. Now, the problem I have with it is kind of where you're at in that I don't want Ubisoft to Ubisoft that and turn it into something that is counterintuitive, something that is maybe... Uh, microtransaction centric or just something that kind of makes the experience feel cheapened in some some kind of form or fashion um, so it's going to be really important for them and and I think part of the reason why they're not saying a lot is I don't I don't think they even know what they're trying to do with it yet um, I wouldn't be surprised if which is even more concerning I wouldn't be surprised if they had more uh, scummier intentions and maybe they're trying to scale it back in real time to start restoring their image. And so that's why we don't know a lot. Oh, that! but that's exactly what it feels like because they go mirage back to the roots where people have kind of been, been talking mm-hmm. about for a long time. And, and then, you know, when you look at Ubisoft, now I have to put my trust in a company that is is so obviously trying yeah. to, you know, get us for everything that we're worth, yeah. <laughs> you know, get, 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 so it just, it just feels really, really weird to me that, um, and then later they come out, didn't they come out after everything and say, Oh, by the way, our games are going to be $70. Oh, bye. <laughs> Which, you well, know, Mirage is going to be 50 entry. bucks. So apparently that, oh, is yeah, it? that one's going to be their last, I think their last hurrah for okay. budget. So, so for me, it would be even crazier that if, if, they're talking about, hey, we're gonna pare down some of these games, and then we'll have a seventy dollar red, and then a seventy dollar hex, and it's like a, it's like a DLC or, or an expansion type of thing. I I don't trust them at all. I you know, this is just not a company right now that has the interest of the consumer at heart. It has the interest of itself and the Eves Guillemot family, <laughs> and how they, <laughs> and how they're trying to to constantly and consistently fighting away takeovers, and and the way they do that is by making. Um, an obscene amount of money. So I, I, I don't trust them. I, I don't like any of this. But I, I, I like Mirage. I think Mirage could be interesting. I really hope that it, it is as good and fleshed out in terms of a story as um, as those other games are. So, you know, from previous interviews. No doubt. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah, let's move on here. So we got some... We got some interesting news here. After 15 years, the head and co-founder of 343 Industries, Bonnie Ross, announced that she's leaving the company to retire for family and medical reasons. Then we found out that David Berger, the lead developer of Halo Infinite's controversial Slipspace engine, has also left the studio. 343 has already replaced the old leadership regiment after Bonnie's um, departure, and more changes are likely. While we wish the best for Bonnie Ross' family and wellness, let's separate her personal life and her professional life to ask the questions. How do we feel about this changing of the guard at 343 Industries? Marco, take it away. So a little behind the scenes, before we recorded the show, I asked Pablo to give me this one as an alley-oop first. Um, <laughs> I, I, I got to go in a little bit here because I got really frustrated with the way that 
so many people in the industry, podcasters, pundits, people that rub elbows with Microsoft in general, were trying to sort of police and gatekeep the discourse about Bonnie Ross leaving the company. Part of what Pablo said there as he framed the question about separating her personal life from her professional life is because by all accounts, Bonnie Ross is a great person. I haven't heard anything bad about her as a person. Seems like a really high character person, good nature, good heart. Um, And people generally speak very highly of her. So on a personal level, I legitimately do wish the best for her family, herself and whatever medical or wellness reasons there might be. But guys, can we stop trying to white knight this situation and be real? Like, Heads needed to roll over a 343. It was bad. It's been miserable. It's been PR nightmare after PR nightmare, all the way up until the most recent one where they recorded, y'all, a 30-minute video of nothing but bad news and apologies. It was, listen, I hate to say this because nobody wanted to let anybody say this, but if we're going to sit here and pretend... Like the timing of her departure in that last PR fumble is just mere coincidence. Y'all are crazy. You're crazy. This was this has exit strategy written all over it. Now I'm not saying that there's no legitimacy to the reasons why she's leaving for personal and family and medical reasons. I'm sure there are. But what I'm saying is that two things can be true. As a lead, and this is just me speaking for me. I think Bonnie Ross was trash at 343 Industries. For the last 15 years, she has systematically taken Halo from being something legendary to a borderline laughingstock ever since day one. Every game that has come out under her name and banner has come out with a bevy of problems. All the way back to the Halo Combat Evolved remaster, which had broken co-op online multiplayer, and a bunch of other weird cosmetic issues that were going on at the time. You go from that to Halo 4, people liked the campaign, didn't like the multiplayer, you flipped it around and had a terrible campaign and bad multiplayer with 5. Master Chief Collection was broken for 6 years and still has problems. And then you have the atrocity of Halo Infinite and that terrible TV show that miraculously got renewed for a second season. Everything that Halo has been under her manner has been disastrous. So we cannot sit here and try to tell people how to talk about her just because she was a likable person. There's a lot of very likable people in very high positions in this business that when they're not doing their job properly and they have a history of that, they got to go. So I, I wasn't really a fan of people trying to control the conversation. I mean, I went to a message board and there was literally a disclaimer that says you can't talk about how she did professionally with Halo and 343 Industries. And I'm like, excuse me? Like, uh, you can't. We're not doing that, guys. She was bad at her job. And it's OK to say that it doesn't mean that we don't wish the best for her in her future. It just means that it was time for her to get up out of here. And the same goes for the dude that made that awful slip space engine. Th- that engine was terrible. You, you can't get cutscenes to run at a normal frame rate without it being janky and stuttery for seven months because of this engine. And you probably had to cut so much content from the main game because the engine couldn't even handle it. All when you could have picked an easier solution like, I don't know, Unreal 4, 
uh, or something that people have been using forever. Like it's been a litany of errors since day one. And it's okay to say that. It's okay to say it now. It was okay to say it when she was still employed there. It's okay to say it 10 years from now. She was bad for the company, right? And so something had to give and she had to go. So heads had to roll, guys. It's, it is what it is. But stop telling me I can't talk about it. it, it enough. Yeah, enough. I, I agree with some of that. Um, I, with the general idea of it, I do agree. I think that her what happened with uh, Infinite is unexcusable and... You know, I hope everything is okay, but I, I do think that whether or not someone was sick in her family or, you know, family health issues, I think she was going to get the boot anyway. Right. Um, uh, like like Marco said, heads do did need to roll for, for what's been happening and continue to happen just so far, you know, with, with Infinite. But, you know, I... I I was I have a little sympathy for her in that she took over for uh, a a series from Bungie that was exceptional, you know, uh, and I think that she did a decent enough job with four uh, in terms of what she could. I think five was she bought she definitely dropped the ball there. The multiplayer I thought was great actually, and it did make like over four hundred million dollars in its first week. So I mean she does have some successes to her name, uh, but a lot of that has to do with just name recognition with the franchise itself. You know, Halo is Halo, but um, ultimately I, uh, I there should it shouldn't be status quo for Halo. I think Halo from four to five to now should be bigger and better every time a new uh, entry comes out and that just wasn't the case you know uh four wasn't that much better than three five was definitely not better than four and diminishing returns here with infinite i think that the story structure and the open world stuff was really dope and i hope that they you know continue to innovate in that way but ultimately as a whole when you look at halo you look at the multiplayer which is what brings carries that game um you know gives that game a longer lifespan and i don't know how long halo infinite is going to uh, is going to last I, you know yeah. even i would say this much marco if she would have knocked it out the park with four and knocked it out of the park with five and it's just some of the best halo games of all time and still dropped the ball the way she dropped the ball with infinite she would have still gotten fired because that it, at this point infinite is just unexcusably bad i i don't have as much problems with the with the cutscene stuff you know who people who are kind of uh um, I would say allergic or, or more pronounced, have the ability sensitive to see to that it, kind yeah. of stuff better than I. Yeah. Sensitive to it. That's right. I, I listen. I get it, man. If you can't play it because of the way of the way that game is is running, I that would be terrible. Uh, so I, I'm not taking away from that at all. But I just feel like the multiplayer aspect is really where she dropped that ball, and it is the lifeline, the lifeblood of uh, of Halo, and um, it, it's running dry. You know, it's not very good right now. So I will say ultimately, at the end of the day. Um, this needed to happen. I wish her the best in the future. Uh, and blow it all up to hell. Yeah. Let's start over. Start from scratch, you know? Indeed. Well, let's go. Uh, are, anything else that we want to cover? Uh, no, no. I'll just say one last thing is, is again, you know, the pundits and the Twitter, you know, accounts of people that are that are in the industry and rubbing elbows with Microsoft people, like, relax. You know, it. I know you're afraid to lose your relationships with those people because you don't want to say anything critical of people that you might know, but that doesn't mean you can tell people how to talk about people. I know Twitter is a toxic place, but when people are just genuinely saying, yo, it was overdue. You got to let that ride. It, it is what it is. A lot of fans of Halo have been yeah. disgruntled for a very long time, and this is the first 
bright spot for a lot of people. So just let that be what it is and stop trying to gaslight people for saying, oh, you're glad she's gone because she has family issues. And that's not what it is at all. It's just people are ready no. to see a new chapter of Halo. And this is the first step in hopefully making that happen. So just let it be what yeah. it is. Um, but that's all I have there to say. Know, and there's definitely and there's definitely people going too much in, in each direction. Exactly. Yeah, you it's know, another way I, around I've seen too. some really shitty yeah. some shitty stuff about about that um and i think that you guys got to relax and if you are really massive xbox fans you want your fucking mainline series to be as good as it possibly can be and it is not no matter how many excuses you may have about infinite uh you're lying to yourself if you think there's nothing wrong with the, with that game yeah. right now so let's go ahead and move on to the main event of the show the checkpoint chat where we t- we're going to talk about all the stuff uh, that we saw here in terms of showcases and all that good stuff. So let's get ready to do that right now. It's time for the checkpoint chat. All right, Marco. The week started off nice and spicy with Nintendo, then followed by uh, PlayStation. But let's go ahead and let's start with what we saw today, which was the Microsoft TGS uh, showcase that they had. Um, Marco, let's go over some of these games. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go over each of them, and, and we're going to talk a little bit about how we feel about it. And at the end of it, we're going to kind of give our closing thoughts about how we think Microsoft did and all that good stuff. Yeah. So the show did end with a <laughs> with a game we've seen plenty of, and they definitely kind of talked about it like, oh, yeah, now it's time for the main event of the show. And we're talking about Deathloop. It's coming on Game Pass September 20th. It includes the Golden Loop update, has new weapons, enemies, upgrades, and whatever this means, an extended ending. <laughs> uh, I was hoping in a shortening of the game as a whole. Uh, Marco, what do we th- <laughs> what do we think about this? I mean, it was it, it, we saw this coming. The year anniversary yeah. of Deathloop had, I think, just happened or was about to happen. So that's the thing. How do we feel, Marco, about Microsoft closing the show with Deathloop? Um, I feel like I hate you because if if <laughs> I hadn't have settled for your little concession of the bet that we had where uh, we had made a wager yeah. if the if the Legend of Zelda got delayed uh he would he would get me the Legend of Zelda for free. And this man coaxed yeah. me into getting Deathloop on PS5 and I blew my free game on Deathloop and I hate that game. So, <laughs> come to find out a year later I would have been able to play this hoe for free. Uh well not for free, but on Game Pass. Uh and now I can't because Pablo ruined everything in my life. Um, Look, listen, listen, real quick. I Karma's a bitch because, you know, I am a stand for them. I, I love that company to death. I'm actually wearing a uh, a shirt right now. Well, that's good. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, what what so kind of shirt, though? A, a whole, <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> well, the reason I said a shirt and holding it up so you can see it is that I'm once again blanking on the Oh, game. my God. <laughs> Dog, is it dishonored? What is it? To, yeah, yeah. Oh man, it's I was just about I, I, I just didn't say the name. And I was like, oh, I didn't say. We're in a Dishonored shirt right now. I am a really huge fan of Dishonored. Oh love Dishonored. And so Deathloop, I was sure I was going to love it. And then Marco, you know, you know, got his free game off of that. And then I played Deathloop. And I hate it just as much Ugh. as he does. Look, I, I, I saw this coming. This is cool. But the fact that they closed the show was super fucking weird due to the fact that it's TGS. Yeah. Nobody gives yeah, a shit yeah. about Deathloop over there. Nobody gives a shit about it over here. No, nah, they do. But, you know, I get it. A game that won many awards, so on and so forth. So they see that as a crown jewel of the game. Not the case. Right. But let's go ahead and move on here. Overwatch 2. 
uh, Kiriko revealed in a new trailer, unlockable via Battle Pass. New Battle Pass comes out every nine weeks. Marco, what do we feel? How do we feel about? First of all, how do we feel about the fact that heroes are going to be unlocked through Battle Pass and everything we saw about uh, Kiriko? What do we feel so far that we saw? Um, I don't have a lot to say about the new character. It just seems like a cool character. I'm looking forward to trying out. Yeah, so I, I really don't have a lot to add there. But the Battle Pass stuff to me is it's it's already starting to stink. It's already got that stench to it. Like uh now we're going to do the whole you know paywalling new characters thing, and now yeah. you just. Every nine weeks, you're going to want my money for something. And I don't know if I'm going to be putting in that kind of financial investment into this game. I'll be honest with you. Every nine weeks, I'm going to be spending money on a battle pass or else I have to fight off FOMO or something. Like I I don't want that kind of problem. And and it's it's weird because I, I love Overwatch, and it would normally be one of those games that I'd make an exception for because it's Overwatch. And we have history with that series, as we've talked about on the show. But... I don't know, man. Maybe I'm just changing as a gamer. Maybe Overwatch 2 just doesn't excite me after playing the beta, but I don't feel good about it. I don't feel like it's something I'm going to be keeping up with personally. But what do you think? I think I I think it's a big ask to tell people to buy a, a new battle pass every 9 weeks or you can't get new characters. I think that's that's fucking crazy. You know, as for how I'll like am I going to pay if the game hits we're, you and I, if the game hits, we're just going to every night wait for going to buy the battle pass. That's just that's just it. But that's a huge ask still. I think it's weird. I think it's super insane for them to do this. I hope that they revert it. Um, even games like Apex Legends where it had the battle pass, the, the characters are not attached to that. You can buy those off-right or however you want to do that. I think it's crazy. I'm sure. I, I, already see, I already see this. Is If you want... If you want the new character, it's going to be the battle pass, and it's going to be the second battle pass, a little more expensive, that gets you to the level to where you unlock the character, which is, like, maybe mid-level. The only way that this would be kind of acceptable is if, like, it's level one to unlock the character or some shit like that. You know, it's not, like, deep into the battle pass. Yeah. Um, or so, or, uh, since, or since they, they, they said it's going to be technically a game pass game, maybe they give the bonus of unlocking the characters for us because we're playing the Xbox be, version. And that would be great for us, but still bad for exactly, everybody yeah, else it would still the game, be, you know, it be whack, yeah. It's still a bad thing, but that'd be that'd be dope. You know, that, that's a good way to kind of get people to come over to the Xbox platform. Uh, but ultimately, it's still shitty. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next game that we saw. The impressive Wulong Fallen Dynasty that we saw E3 didn't had another little showing here. It was developer diary. They showed combat, character creation, and it confirmed that it will be, you know, it'd be a difficult game. How do we feel about everything we saw in Wulong Fallen Dynasty? Uh, first of all, the name is uh, pronounced Wulong. Um all right, so that, that, uh, that's going to do it for today's show. I quit the podcast and you'll never hear my voice Wait again. a minute. Excuse me. I've been dying to say that for like months now, ever since that was announced. Um, nobody likes here's, it. I nobody know, likes it. Um, here's the thing. I think it looks really good. Um, it looks like a really nice Soulsborne kind of game. The problem is that it looks like a really nice Soulsborne kind of game. Um, and it's just <laughs> a little hard for me um to fully say okay i'm really looking forward to this now the only thing that's really got me still watching it is well two things number one is it's on game pass and number two is because i did really like neo a lot um back back in those days so i if it's got some of that dna in there i might still give it a try but i I've, i've always said on this show 
um, and, and even with Elden Ring in the rear view, I'm not a Soulsborne guy at heart. So it's it's naturally not going to be my thing. But I hope that when I do get my hands on it, that it'll surprise me and uh, it'll it'll grab me in some kind of way. But it looked good, though. I have to say it did look, it looked pretty good. So I think here's what's happening, Marco. I think the Souls kind of genre has taken over our lives. Uh, we talk about games all the time and it's a thing that everybody talks about. But I want to be fair. This game reminds me of Ninja Gaiden, which is another Team Ninja game. And that was a fucking hard-ass game. So I think it feels more like that. Um, It's, you know, sure, the the comparisons to the the Soulsborns and Dark Souls, they're going to be there. But it just feels more like them going back to Ninja Gaiden. Uh, That's how I feel that that they're doing here. And it looks fantastic. The character creation stuff, you know... um, Uh, that looks good. That looks cool. Whatever. The Neo, by the way, Neo 2's character creation is is the best creation of all time. I, like, I'm not even. I'm not even I making heard it up. That, like, I you heard can, that. Yeah. I I literally made uh you know uh Solid Snake and and you can download uh different. I, I mean, it is it is phenomenal. Neo. So I hope that there's a little bit of that because everything they showed here on this one did not look good. I tell you that right now. Um, made me definitely made me go. Woo long, uh, but anyway. Um, <laughs> See, you like it. You liked it. I like it. All I right. like it. And then, um, as the show progressed, show a lot of other stuff. Uh, but it, we'll move on to what the game pass stealth drops. Actually, I do want to name one thing that we did it, that they showed that we didn't talk about, which will be also on Game Pass. It's that Elden Chronicles one hundred. Um, was it 100 humans or 100? I don't know. It it's their next big uh, huge RPG. That looks really cool. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I know you just see it in the rundown, but I just wanted to mention, kind of give it a shout mm. out. And then the Game Pass self drops here with Nino Kuni remastered, and also Nino Kuni uh, Revenant uh, Revenant Kingdom coming out next year on oh, Game Pass yeah, as yeah. well. We got a yeah, we got Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Danganronpa V3 all coming out. Uh, today, all out today. As a matter of fact, I checked before the show, and they were all mm-hmm. there. Um, I think that you know, Cooney remaster stuff. I think that's cool. Um, I, I, it's always been a PlayStation uh game, and then also a Switch. It's been on Switch, so it's cool that Xbox is getting that and kind of you know embracing a little bit more of the uh, getting more JRPGs on their system, which they desperately need. Uh, how do you feel about uh these games? Yeah, it's cool to see. Um, I I, I don't. I can't sit here and claim that any of these games appeal to me. I played Odyssey before, so I already know what that's about. Um, I, I, Nino Cooney doesn't do anything for me. I downloaded it. I'll probably try it. I've, I've tried Drag, uh, not Dragon, Danganronpa. I knew I was going to say that wrong. Um, and it, it's not really for me at all, but it's cool oh, that it's hold there. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. You've never played Nino Cooney? No. Marco. No, I put the no on Nino. You're, you're, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think... I mean, I think you're gonna love it. Nino Cooney's is especially the first one is is uh, the White Witch is uh, considered one of the best JRPGs of all time. So I'm excited for you to actually get into oh, that. Okay, interesting. I mean, I got it yeah, downloaded, so I'll try it out. Maybe if I like it, I'll, yeah. I'll... I, I I thought when I was watching the show and I saw this, I was like, oh, Marco's gonna like this because for a reason. I know you're the JRPG guy, and everybody talks about Nino Cooney White Witch being like the fucking one of the best JRPGs of all time. I couldn't so tell you the first I'm thing about for you to it. Try I, it. You know what it was? It sounds petty but the name turned me off 
I was like, oh, that's that, that's, that's a little bad, too yeah. much of a deep cut kind of Japanese game for me. I don't know. I don't know about all that. Well, Nino Kuni is like a game that deals with a lot of stuff that is is very adult, like you know, with divorce and 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 growing up and all. It, it is so like there's so much there, Nino Kuni, that I that it was um, it was shocking when I played that game because of all the themes, the adult themes that it actually carries over. And even though it looks cutesy, it mm. is very 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 deep game in terms of the okay. story itself so i'm i'm excited i hope you give it a fair shake i think i think you might like it um okay but yeah uh that's it for the microsoft they showed a lot of stuff it was 40 minutes worth of stuff but we kind of just covered the stuff that we liked that we wanted to right. talk about um what do you grade we're gonna give grades to these shows by the way what what's your grade on this specifically uh yeah i mean to me i think this was a d um i thought yeah. that to me this was kind of the prototypical Xbox TGS Japan kind of showcase where it's a, it, you can tell they're, they're trying to do some stuff, but they just don't seem to be going the extra mile just yet. Um, I think if they would have saved the persona announcement for this show, then I would have raised this up by probably up to a B because that, that would have been huge. But this, this to yeah. me was mostly a sleepy show for, for me, in my opinion. Um, I thought death loop, um, and Assassin's Creed really didn't fit um, what this show should have been for the Japanese market. Um, but, you know, what was there that did kind of check those boxes were pretty nice. But that's the thing. It was more to me like a box checking show of let's just do a couple yeah. things. Let's get Phil Spencer out there to say something very trite about how we're we're committed at Xbox to blah, blah, blah. And it's just kind of exactly what I expected for better and for worse. So I got to say, D, I was hoping for a little bit more of an imprint this time around after seeing what Phil Spencer's been trying to cook up with Atlas and so on. But I didn't really get that this time. So. Yeah, yeah. I I got a C minus. Mm. I I think that for what it was and for what they did, I think that they did a pretty good job. You know, the Wulong developer diary was really cool. Saw a lot of the game that we had not previously seen before. And then look, it's always dope when they drop games the day of with Nino Kuni and 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 you know Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Danganronpa. These are games that uh for people of each fans of each of these kind of games are will be delighted to play. Uh and I think that they did a lot of of a really cool stuff. I mean they, they revealed a new um uh, Overwatch character with their trailer. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot there that they did mm -hmm. here and I thought that they did a good enough job to kind of uh try to entice the Japanese market at TGS uh, with, yeah. with the stuff they have, with the Uden Chronicles and, and, and all this stuff. Just stuff, a lot of deep cuts here when it comes to, to Japanese games that Japanese uh, players would want to play. So I, I think a C- is good. Uh, it, it, I, I also expected more. I thought that they were going to show a little bit more, um, but, you know, they, they decided to, I guess, smartly just focus mo mainly on the Japanese market, and I, and I guess that's smart enough to that. Though it's weird that they close the show with Death Loop. Yeah, I'll yeah, give you that. Um, so let's go ahead and move on to uh, the Nintendo Check, uh, Nintendo Direct. Um, yeah, Marco. I'll kick, yeah, I'll let's, kick these let's start off. here. I'll kick these off. Yeah, kick these off, and, let, and let's get this going here because I think um, this will be an interesting conversation here uh, in terms of what we have. Yeah. Um, all right, man. So let's start off with what they started off with, which was Fire Emblem Engage. We got the reveal trailer for the next mainline entry in the series, and we also got a release date, and it's coming out sooner than we thought. We got a January 20th 
2023 release date for this game, Pablo. And I'm very curious to hear what you think about this game from what you saw and coming off the heels of playing Three Houses uh, not too long ago. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, excited. I, I think that, you know, for many, many years, uh, this series, Fire Emblem, was just a, a write-off for me. Something that I saw and just didn't even think about, you know. Um, but ever since Three Houses, it's definitely a series that I'm really engaged with. <laughs> oh, uh, and uh, <laughs> I thought Whoa Long was bad. <laughs> Come on, man. And I'm really excited to see more. I thought it looked awesome. Um, you know, I... Uh, I'm excited to to get back into this world and, and and enjoy the story and enjoy the gameplay, which is always excellent. Um, and so, can't wait. Yeah, yeah, it looked good to me too. Um, I don't really get what they're doing with the whole like spirits of previous characters from previous games thing. I hope that they don't go too yeah. crazy with that because I really want to get to know the new characters and not just you know throwback characters that. Oh, I remember him because Martha's in Smash. Like, I don't, I don't need that. I, I would love to see what they yeah. do with that and keep a good. Hope, hopefully, they'll keep a good balance narratively there. But other than that, I thought it looked great. Some people don't like how the yeah. new character, the main character, looks with the red and blue hair combo. Um, looks yeah. like you know Takashi Fire Emblem kind of edition, but I don't mind it. It's it's it, guys, it's a Japanese game. It, it's it's always gonna be wacky with the hairstyles and hair colors. Come on. It is what it is, and I'm sure that there's a story reason between the di- the dichotomy yeah, between I those think, two colors. I think there literally you, is. I yeah. think some of the characters, yeah. uh, the, the, oh, there yeah. always is. Yeah, some of the characters yeah. got a little thing. Where, you know, the the people that they can they can summon from past games. I think they kind of look like them or something like that. But we'll see. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot yeah, to learn yeah. about that game. But from what the game, I hope gameplay looked good though. I hope they fix that permadeath shit because I don't want to write out a whole permadeath ass shit and then it mean nothing. <laughs> No, can't. They have a fucking. Few, they have a damn graveyard where you can go, and none of the damn headstones of the people that died in your party be better. Actually, I'm not even gonna worry about that because I'm not playing this game in permadeath. You can go shut your or mouth. You can just stop. Shit. You can All stop right. killing your enemies or your uh, your partners. I mean, I didn't lose anybody towards the end, and I was really sad about it when I go to the graveyard to pay my respects. They're not there. Yeah. <laughs> They got cremated, son. Like, nobody even talks about it. Like, you just lost a classmate (laughs) guy that you loved, and nobody even talks about it. It's ridiculous. Uh, Let's move on. Let's move on. Um, A quick bit of update uh, that they provided for Splatoon 3. A new Splatfest is coming soon, and it is a deserted island theme. uh, Did you skip something? No, no. I'm I'm on track. Um Oh, oh, because uh, I had Xenoblade. You, you just skipped that. Yeah, I got rid of that. But you didn't yeah, have I got rid of that. Okay, because okay, okay. it, it, it was like some DL, like uh, DLC information, but I didn't sure, think sure. it was a big deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Splatoon yeah, 3, yeah, new Splatfest yeah. announced, desert, uh, deserted island theme. You get to choose would you rather bring to a deserted island gear, grub, or something fun to do. Um, and I'm going, I think I'm, I'm, I'm team, I'm going to go team gear with this one. Gear. Uh, I'm going grub. You're going to bring food to an island that might have food on it? Yeah, cause I don't. I might. I might not like. You know, what they what have? It? Fucking grass and rocks. What are you bringing? What kind of food are you bringing? Uh, you know, uh, pop tarts. Right, mostly. We, no, <laughs> you know, we're not bringing pop tarts to a deserted island. <laughs> Good God. Fine, I'll bring something fun. I'll bring a big ass dildo or okay. something. Octopath Traveler Two was revealed. Um, eight new travelers. There you go. Uh, coming out in February. Uh, on the 24th to be exact for next year um this one was cool to see i'm glad that they're doing a sequel a lot of people loved the first one i thought it was boring and sleepy and that story was dry 
But uh, hey, people liked uh, it. It's their thing. Um, any thoughts from you about this at all? How do you feel? Square Enix is busy, boy. That's true. They're, they are so fucking That is busy. true. I think the I think the Octopath art style thing is neat. I think it's reaches peak. I think Triangle Strategy, uh, Strategy, and Live Alive, they two games that came out this year. I don't need, I don't need nothing. I don't need nothing else in this art style anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm good. Um, <laughs> no, you're not. Something's wrong with you in the brain. I'm good. I, I don't. I, I, I like you. I didn't like Octopus Traveler. Um, I, I thought it was a cool idea. Ultimately, not, um, not something that I had much fun playing. Uh, and I am not looking forward to this. Uh, and so let's move on. Indeed. Mario plus Rabbid Sparks of Hope was up next. We saw a new trailer uh, that showed off some exploration, some shops, some sparks, and some stages. <laughs> some hope. Lots of hope. Uh, how are you feeling about this Nintendo. one, man? Nintendo. Nintendo. I'm convinced. You don't got to show me this yeah, anymore. Yeah, We're done. I got it. I'm going to buy it. You got my it money. Looks good. Don't it looks worry so about good. it. It does look so good. It, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. a can't miss kind of game because the first game was so much fun. I, I came back to it not too long ago. I talked about it on the show. It really yeah. won me over again how fun it is. So this one looks it's great. great. It's fucking yeah. great. Not much to say yeah. here, but it just looks really good. Um, I'm sure Pablo has a good amount to say about this next one. We're going to get into the Nintendo 64 online updates. So they announced several new games are coming to the service, including Pilot Wings 64. Mario Party 1, 2, and 3, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2, 1080 Snowboarding, Excitebite 64, and a little game by the name of GoldenEye 007 with exclusive online play, Pablo? What's going on here? Yeah, fuck GoldenEye. 1080 <laughs> Snowboarding is the standout here. Uh, one of the best snowboarding games of all time. It was... It's an incredible experience. I loved it. It was the game that I switched off Ocarina of Time with. What a what a game. Listen, GoldenEye 007, I am so excited for this game to come out because it's going to be a sobering reminder to these nostalgia-filled gamers that want to talk about how GoldenEye is the uh, greatest Nintendo 64 of all uh, game of all time, and you're all liars. Uh, the greatest shooter of all... You guys are liars. It's what made video games and consoles. No, it did not. <laughs> Nobody cares about the X, Y, X, Access fucking strafing, aiming bullshit that Golden Eye was. Did we have fun with it playing it at home as kids? Of course we did, because we we didn't know any better. We we're dumb. We're dumb as kids, bro. <laughs> we, we uh, you know, <laughs> look. Ultimately, at the end of the day, all this shit is is it wouldn't be so fucking uh, weird if it wasn't basically the roadmap for this year and next year. We're getting Pilot Wing 64. All right, cool, whatever. Then we're getting Mario Party 1, 2, and 3, and Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. It's like, and it's like, oh, coming 2023. Like, oh, woo, I can't look for, I can't, I can't wait for Mario Party and its sequels. Like, I mean, it's, it's just a weird kind of thing to announce in this way. And then, you know, GoldenEye getting the exclusive online stuff. You know, the, all the online stuff with that Netplay shit is, is all questionable. Good luck. GoldenEye fans out there. And when I don't want to see no goddamn articles about, oh, man, GoldenEye is a relic of its time. I've been telling you this shit. doesn't hold up. It, you don't want to stop holding up immediately. As soon as <laughs> Not it came immediately. Out. Anyway, um, <laughs> that's all I got. If you guys like that style of gameplay and you guys really want to uh, give it a go, you got to go to the real MVP, the best first-person shooter game on N64, and that's Perfect Dark, and that's not even close. Uh, 
Marco, how do you feel? About Jesus. <laughs> oh, man, I don't even know where to go from there. Um, all right. I thought this was cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was fine. I've, I've, everything that they announced, I'm like, oh, that's that's a cool addition. Oh, wow, 1080 Snowbird, you know, cool addition. Oh, Pokemon Stadium. Oh, people so you used play to... Mario Party back to back to back. Yeah, I'm, I had no problems <laughs> with any of this. Now, listen, the GoldenEye 007 stuff. Um, it's at least in terms of the Xbox version not being able to do certain things, whatever. Like, that is weird, and I'm very baffled by that whole thing for sure. But at the end of the day, this is nostalgia, and, and, and Nintendo is very good at, at making people pay for nostalgia and at tricking people into paying for nostalgia. Yeah, yeah. so it's not surprising that they were going to get GoldenEye. It was, a, it was a foregone conclusion. Whether people end yeah. up playing it and going, oh, this is booty hole nowadays, like, or, or what, whatever the case is. You or delusional folks that'll be out there. Oh, I'm having more fun than I've ever with Call than Call of Duty. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I think it was cool, but the GoldenEye stuff is a little bit goofy. But that that's that's neither here nor there for me. I thought it was a nice little nice little wave yeah. of additions to the to the service. Um, moving on. Speaking of waves, wave three of the booster course pass uh, for Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. <laughs> was shown briefly, uh, which will be launching this holiday. Um, this, to me, is a case of, you know, a great game gets even greater, with even more tracks. Um, it was nice to check some of them out in the video, uh, so I'm just as, uh, you know, happy about that as, as I was uh, with, you know, the last few waves. But um, I will admit, I don't have the Booster Course Pass right now. I, I keep forgetting to buy it because I just keep forgetting to buy it. You gotta it. do it. But I, I, it's so good. I want it. Yeah. The last one, I, I've, I've, I've already, you know first place in all of them and you know that stuff i i it's a great game to keep coming back to i love it and this is cool i mean i'm just at this point of the, of the show i'm a little confused as to why all this fucking update shit is coming out on their main direct you know and so we'll, we'll talk about that towards the end here but i, I look this looks this, this is cool i can't wait for more yeah uh but yeah uh so up next after a long uh winded pikmin mobile segment they the finally announced pikmin 4 Oh, sorry. You you froze there for a second on my end, so I was like, "What happened?" No, no, no. I'm, I'm still here. This is like more a, about Mario Kart Eight. There's like a weird helicopter I'm going done. over my head right now, and uh, I don't know if it's jamming oh, okay. jamming the signal right now. They don't want to see us thrive. Um, Pikmin Four teaser trailer shown launching in 2023. Pablo, um, man, it's been a long time since they announced the new Pikmin. Almost 10 years ago, um, from what I remember, uh, the announcement for Pikmin Three was 2012. From what I heard, I don't remember if that's no, they, they announced accurate. They announced Pikmin for a couple of years ago on like a thing. I don't know. I don't but remember. Never talked about it again. I was trying to think if they yeah. did or not, but yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's coming. I'm excited about it. Uh, I do enjoy Pikmin. It's not, you know, a top, top tier series for me for Nintendo, but I do like it. It's a nice vibe. Uh, so I'm glad the series is continuing. But how do you feel? I mean, it was. It, it, they announced it after they talked about the damn fucking mobile game, which was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, yeah, look, I, I think that um, this fine. Um, I've never been a fan of Pinkman. Um, and so I am always going to be open to letting a new entry of a game kind of get me into it. Like, I'm not going to completely write this off. Um, this is a major re announcement 
uh, and it's 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 really cool. I, I, my only thing is, is like it's weird that I, this game has been in development for so long, and all they showed you was a still picture of what the POV of the game was going to be. Um, but Nintendo going Nintendo, bro. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll keep an eye out for that one and talk about it when we see it again. But in the meantime, up next. Crisis Core Final Fantasy VII Reunion. The uh, only reason why we're talking about it is because we learned through the Direct what the release date was actually going to be, uh, which is December 13th. So it is going to make it out before the end of the year, Pablo. And it's uh, 50 bucks from what I saw as well. Um, yeah. So how do you feel about this release date? Is that a good time for this to come out? Um, and are you still looking forward to it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely looking forward to it. I was surprised that it got a release date here. I didn't think it was going to do that. And um, I think it's a good time. I think it's a good date. I think it's like a couple of days after um, that one game with the the horror game. Oh, my God. (laughs) We're not doing this. Uh, Resident Evil, bro? No. No? No, 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 no. Um, The other one, Callisto Protocol. Oh, my God. Um, I like like how he said no to me like I was just, how could you get it wrong? How did you not know what I I meant? (laughs) No, Callisto Protocol, there was a leak a couple of weeks ago that showed that the game was going to be 8 to 10 hours. So, I mean, it's a cool game to play right after that. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm down for that. I'm, I'm super excited for for the uh, for this, for sure. After a remake, and, and I never played uh, Crisis Core, so this is all fucking new to me. So, I'm super excited about yeah, that. Yeah, man, same here, same here. Uh, let's keep it rolling with Bayonetta 3. So we saw a new trailer to explain more about the story premise, some of the allies in the game, and a little bit more about the new enemy faction called the Homunculi. Um, I'm going to get tired of hearing that name when I play that game. I know I am. Uh, still on course for the 28th of October. Uh, they also had an extended trailer that they uh, had on the official Nintendo channel. Showed a little bit more of the gameplay. I checked that out. Uh, looks great. Looks like Bayonetta. Um, so I'm excited. How are you yeah. feeling, though? Yeah, super excited myself. I think that, um, you know, trailer showed uh, what what it showed. And it looks pretty good cool to me, so it looks pretty dope. Uh, yeah, another, another game that I'm like, all right, I get it. I'm buying this game. Mm-hmm. We're good, Nintendo. We're good. FYI, Marco, my internet went down, but I'm still able to record and go to this. That's why that, that's why that little bit portion happened. Yeah, dial-up life, so we're good man. To go. But anyway. Dial-up life. That's okay. Um, let's keep this rolling then. Uh, up next, we had an interesting new announcement from the makers of Danganronpa, Master Detective Archives Rain Code. Now, this is a detective game uh, that is set in a eternally raining city. Um, and boy, this had Pablo written all over it um, when I saw oh, yeah, this one. This is my... Game of the show for me besides Fire Emblem. I thought this looked super interesting. I, I love I love what they're doing here. Um, hope it's good, uh, but it definitely caught my attention. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I, I, I wrote that one down as, uh, as a game I'm looking forward to next year. It looks awesome, I have to say. It has a lot of that Persona style of, of wackiness, but it has this really cool aesthetic to it. Um, I'm really excited about this one, too. I think this one looks really interesting. Um, I can go either way with the, the makers of Danganronpa doing, you know, the way they do with storytelling. Sometimes they're hit and miss for, for me personally, but this premise, I mean, you didn't, you weren't really into Somnium files. The, the second right, one, so. right. So, you know, it, it's, it's always a little tricky with them for me, but I'm, I'm still interested in yeah. checking this one out and, uh, hopefully it reviews well when it does come out in spring 2023. Um, mm-hmm. second to last game. 
on our list for Nintendo is Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe, a remake to the original game to celebrate the 30-year anniversary of good old Kirby. Kirby Curb, Pablo. How do you feel about this one? <sighs> Kirby got to have some like salacious pictures of Nintendo's president somewhere because holy shit, so much Kirby. And on top of that, we're also getting like uh, this game, which is basically the anniversary release. I, like, who cares? I, I, I don't care. I, anyway, um, I don't care is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I said on this show, uh, I don't get the love for Kirby. I think Kirby is great value Mario at everything it ever did. And this game looked like another baby mode game from baby mode Kirby games. It's It's just... These games are just... I don't even know if Kirby fans are, like, into all these Kirby games. Like, it's just And like where are they? What, where are these people? I never, I never hear from them. I never hear from them. I don't know where they exist. I don't know, man. Do they live in one colony on an island somewhere? Like, where are they at? Because somebody's buying you know these games. I, you know what I think it is? I think it's probably Japan. I, I think Japan is probably, like, if you look at sales numbers, they, they, they probably calculated, like, if we put money into developing this, it's going to make us... Dude hand over fist a lot of money because of how much people bite over there i wouldn't be surprised uh i just i'm just baffled by like even me i i'm a oh i think kirby's fine like uh you know forgotten kingdom was pretty dope this uh, beginning of this year uh but more like they're doing more for the 30 year anniversary than they did for zelda or mario like what's going on <laughs> like it's so weird. It. yeah um yeah speaking of zelda pablo we finally got it oh, we yeah. did it we got a new trailer, we got the name, and we got a release date for The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, coming out May 12th, 2023. Pablo, you're the Zelda guy. You're Zelda McGee. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah. Talk to me. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I was surprised that we got a release date, like a specific. I thought we were going to get like spring 2023. The fact that we got May 13th, 12th, 12th May 12th, uh, 2023 was sh more shocking than the than the name itself. Um, I never put too much stock into a name of a Zelda game. I mean, they usually mean a lot or nothing at all. Um, Breath of the Wild continues to be one of the worst Zelda titles of all time. Uh, it means absolutely nothing. Uh this probably is a little closer to some stuff with the tears and, and, and uh, so I I I I reserve judgment on the, on the name, but who cares? Um, I think that this looked absolutely fucking amazing. Um, you know, from the opening of those double doors and just jumping down so so high up that he couldn't even see the, the ground. It was th th that's going to be super dope to do. And then obviously you have your um, paraglider, um, the the ability he has to go up into the with that um, that little rock formation with the it looks like. Uh, any kind of ruin on the floor it can be used to kind of ascend to the to the, to the top with it. all that stuff looks great uh the game looks fantastic I, I, more of this please uh i'm excited to, to to finally um get my hands on this and it we, looks like the it looks like it's almost here um yeah uh, this just looked like this just looked like great so i i really can't wait for this um what how about you this kingdom that they're talking about i uh -huh. i've been cackling like an idiot because i keep i in my brain i keep like envisioning this like kingdom full of absolutely distraught people that are just weeping constantly 
<laughs> and just Link walking in here like, what's wrong? Everything? Y'all good? Um, I The name is silly. It's such a silly name. But they're going for the yeah. blank of the blank theme like they did with Breath of the Wild. It, yeah. it, I, I see what they're doing there. Um, but it, you know what? Hey, we finally got a name. That's what I've been asking for since, oh, I don't know, since the very beginning. Um, I don't know what took them this long. I don't know what the holdup was at all because they you, set, you were telling me in the past, like, oh, they're withholding the name of the game because it's going to say a lot about what the game is about or it's going to give some kind of clue or blah, 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 blah. And here, to me, unless and maybe there is some kind of tie in that we just don't know of until we play the game. Yeah. But on the surface, you wouldn't be able to really connect any dots. At least I haven't heard any Zelda experts saying, oh, well, that's because uh, blah, 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 blah. Like, there's no analysis going on about it. So it's like, what was the big buildup for, bro? Like, I don't know. But, you know, that aside, well, yeah, I mean, it's it's cool. Well, well, there is um, there is that because um, you can collect tears uh, in wolf form in twilight princess uh and there, there's something there story-wise in twilight princess uh that you can collect up so there, there there's got to be a tie into that specifically but the way they made it seem was it, it was going to be like the legend of uh, like the legend of link like zelda's awakening or something mm-hmm. like that where it's like oh zelda's gonna be playable like they made it seem like it was gonna give off like ganondorf's return or something where it's like oh you're gonna give an element and it's such so minimal in terms of how it connects to the whole entire series I, if i'm not mistaken and i'm looking here i think this is the seventh mainline zelda game and seven is a huge number with the seven sages and all that so i wonder if i wonder if this the name of the game changed because uh, I feel like the way they talked about it was this is going to really spoil it for a lot of people in terms of what we're trying to do here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so we'll see. I, I, I wonder how the Tears of Light from Twilight Princess is going to come into effect here with uh, with the Tears of the Kingdom mm-hmm. here. So we'll we'll, we'll see. There, there's definitely a connect, uh, but it's not like I know exactly where they're going. Yeah, with this and let's at face all, it, they could have named this whatever. Yeah. They could have named this "Tears from the Booty Juice," and it could have been fine by me. Booty Juice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so, Pablo, to wrap up the Nintendo Direct, what what grade would you give this, and uh, and why? I I go C minus. Uh, look, the legend, and that's all on the back of the Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom trailer uh, release date and name reveal. Uh, this wasn't a partnership direct. This wasn't a, a a mini direct. This was a full out full direct that Nintendo usually uh, kills. Um, like nine of the sixteen games that were all we already knew about. Uh, like five of them uh, were new announcements, but like one of five of them. Is like a hugely highly anticipated game with Fire Emblem. Uh, you know, you can't deny the presence of Zelda here. It's 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 what really made the show at the end of it. But I felt like there was so much DLC announcement, so much of that. It's forty minutes of this. It almost felt like a lot. Like this could have been twenty minutes. It would have been. It would have been to the point kind of spectacular, hitting on everything, going from fucking Fire Emblem to 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 you know. Zelda, that, that that combination would have been amazing, but unfortunately, there's a lot of in between stuff that didn't really hit for me. Um, and, I, and I admit, there's a lot of that's a lot of me stuff on there. But ultimately, for me, I just felt like this was probably one of their um, one of their worst directs in a long time. Though obviously, weird to say with Legend of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom being kind of fully revealed there. But I, I you know, again, we knew a lot of what 
uh, Zelda was. We knew it's going to take place in the sky. We knew a lot of stuff. All we found out was when it was coming out, which, you know, whatever that's worth, it may not be the date when it's all said and done. And the name of the game that really ultimately uh, doesn't mean anything in grand scheme of things so far. So um, for me to C minus, I kind of struggled between D plus and C minus. It's just like, I, you can't give a D plus to a show that had fucking mainline Zelda with the title and, and release it in a new trailer. So uh, C minus for me, that's where I stand. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I see that. I, I, I would, I would probably go C plus personally, because to me, I think that for better or for worse, this was a typical Nintendo direct. Um, it, it has new announcements, a couple, two or three announcements that are pretty, you know, banger like with Pikmin fire emblem and, and the tears of the kingdom announcement. It usually has a series of updates about, you know, games that are currently out, um, which they checked that box as well. Usually has some kind of third-party support that they show. This one had a lot of farm simulators in it. Um, oh, my God. It was, so it many was farm direct there. out here. Um, so there was that. But I thought it was pretty much if there was a bingo card for Nintendo Directs, I think this one was a, another one that filled up the card. It, it had everything you expected. And, you know, as with usual Nintendo fashion, Nintendo's going to be Nintendo, and sometimes that's going to run exactly parallel to what you were hoping they'd show or announce. And then there's going to be times when it kind of falls and goes left in, uh, on you, and you start seeing things announced that really don't do anything for you. And I think this is yeah. the same as it ever was. Um, just personally, on my end of the spectrum, I thought that seeing Fire Emblem engage for the first time was huge. Obviously, Zelda is Zelda. And Pikmin 4 was a big one for me as well. And then um, just getting a chance to learn a little bit more about games we know about, seeing more Bayonetta 3 was a nice, you know, confidence boost. And then the Master Detective Archives raincoat, you know, that, that kind of came out of left field and really made me go, oh, wow, this is this is actually kind of interesting. So I can't yeah. say this one, you know, knocked my socks off, but it did leave me feeling relatively satisfied. So I'm, I'm going C plus on this one. Um, yeah, no, I, I totally I totally get that. Yeah. And I think uh, I think we're not that far off anyway. Not really. So. No, no. Yeah. Uh, let me go ahead and kick it back over to you to round out the checkpoint chat with our Sony State of Play recap. So talk to me, Pablo. What do we got on the docket? Well, Crazy Tuesday, Sony announced that they also are going. We're going to have a State of Play the same day, a couple of hours later. Um, and you know what? They delivered. Uh, let, let's go through some of the games that, that they yeah. announced. And the first one they opened up the show with a. You might not be a fan. But it is undeniable. This is one of the biggest fighting games ever. And that's Tekken 8. Tekken 8 revealed a new trailer. It's current gen only. Made in Unreal 5. No release date was given. And it's also coming to Xbox. Uh, but holy shit. This game looks really, 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 really dope. Uh, Tekken 8. Tekken fans. What I... I'm sure we're, we're screaming. They, they, they were into it because this looked amazing. Uh, Marco, what did you think about Tekken 8? You know, between this and Street Fighter 6, which we saw some more of at TGS, we didn't cover it because, you know, we're not big big fighting game fans, but Tekken mm. six, or Tekken 8 rather, and Street Fighter 6 both look really, really good. And, and I really hope those two games help bring about somewhat of a renaissance of fighting games again. Uh, because Tekken 8 looked really good. I, I, there was a time when I was a big Tekken guy, way back in the, in the PS2 days uh, with Tekken Tag Tournament. A lot of people played that game, too. Um, so I'm really yeah. excited. Tekken 7 sold really well. I think it sold over 10 million copies. So this series still has legs, yeah. and it still looks great, man. Um, I'm really, really interested in this one, and it looks so good that even though I don't really get into fighting games anymore, 
I really might give this one a try if it ends up being as good as I hope it'll be. Um, traditionally, for Tekken games, their biggest flaw and biggest problem is they try to tell a story, and it is a whack disaster every single time, like most fighting yeah. games are. I think Mortal Kombat's might, they might be the only one that knows how to tell a decent decent action movie kind of story Tekken 8 is laughable or Tekken 7 was rather yeah um so I, yeah. I if they can get that down and make the lore a little bit better told and obviously all the ins and outs and nuances of the fighting mechanics are good uh, this one this this one might be one I'll swing around to uh if it ever is on sale after it comes out but we'll see when it comes out that's the yeah. thing it'll be interesting to see you know the 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 differences and the similarities between Tekken 8 and uh street yeah. fighter 6 not in the way it right, plays right, right. but rather in what innovations they do with the single player exactly. stuff and, and how they 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 bring it to to people like us people who are not huge fighting fans then a big surprise a great surprise a game that we've talked about a little bit here already earlier in the show it's like a dragon uh ishin uh debut trailer it's a remake of yakuza ishin which is a game that came out many years ago uh that never reached uh, us here in the u.s in yep. the west and it's coming february 2023 this looks fantastic this even looks crazier in terms of the beat-em-up than uh than the regular than the you know mainline uh yakuza games gave me bushido blade vibes it just looks dope as fuck i cannot wait for this this looks great marco what do you think about them announcing this here yeah when this was shown that was before the stuff we talked about earlier about the other games that they announced too so this was the first time we knew we were going to see anything uh yakuza related at all and when this popped up on the screen it was like oh god this looks so good like his yeah. this this setting is so perfect for a game like Yakuza, it's handguns and samurai swords. That's that is like the yeah. spirit of Yakuza, if you could ever narrow it down to something. And they're making a full blown game in that that theme. Um, and obviously, like you said, it's a remake of the original from way back when that we never got. So it's awesome to see them circling uh, back to these older games and bringing them back over to the West. Because now that you know we're all starting to collectively catch on to you know this series now. Um, these kinds of games are really going to help keep that momentum going for the franchise. So I'm excited for this. I'm really glad it looks as good as it does and that we're not going to have to wait too long to get it uh, if, since it's coming out in February. So I'm all in on this one, 100%. Yeah. Does that mean we're going to get Yakuza Dead Souls one day? I hope we do. Uh, I, I want I want all the things. I want all the I want all the dragons, yeah. all the Yakuza's. Um, yeah, give me all yeah. that. That's a survival. That was a survival horror Yakuza. It was game that for those of you that don't know. Think, it was like it was what Yak. It was what Undead Nightmare is to Red Dead Redemption. It's the same kind of vein, but yeah. in the Yakuza world. It was yeah. really, it was really cool. And I think it, I think the main character was no, it was Kiryu. Still, it was Kiryu. Yeah, it was Kiryu. But yeah. Uh, so let's move on here to the next game that they showed, and that's Hogwarts Legacy new trailer. Um, real quick before I, I, I hand it over, every, hand it over to you. Every time I see this game, it looks like a different. Yeah, I was just gonna game. say that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but uh, look, I I don't need any more convincing. I think that uh, as a you know 
pretty decent Harry Potter fan. And this is speaking to me. I also think that if you're not even a Harry Potter fan, this looks this has to look at least mildly interesting. Uh, I, I think that they're doing a really good job. It might have been the weakest trailer because it, it was more or less showing the the um, the exclusive quest that they have, the Hogsmeade quest. Uh, but you know, uh, I don't need any more convincing about this. I think that they did enough to kind of get me day one here. Uh, what did you think about them showing Hogwarts on here? Yeah, as somebody that's said in the past he's not a Harry Potter guy. I missed the boat. It's not that I have anything against the series. I just never got into it, period. Right. Um, it is always interesting to see these trailers because I'm I'm coming at it from literally like no background whatsoever. So whenever yeah. I see the game, from zero. I don't know what it is either because I don't know what I don't know what it is. Um, so it's yeah. cool that um, it seems to have a little bit of of different flavors to it that make you kind of look at the game a little bit differently and that it's not just this one track game of, of, you know, one theme, one style. It looks like it's going to some dark yeah. places. Um, and I, again, I have no idea whether that's tradition for the, you know, the IP or not, but just, it, it just, is. just from looking at yeah. it, I like that there's a little bit of the whimsy and a little bit of that dark side that they're capturing. Um, yeah. and, and it, it comes off very well in trailer form. That's the most I could say from and my experience level. And that's what I'm excited about because all the other Harry Potter games lean into the whimsy mm-hmm. and kind of step away from the the dark. And those movies, especially the third one, Prisoner of Azkaban, it is a dark fucking film. It is dark. It is like scary. It's like almost like a horror film in some aspects. The the the, the it's a really really diverse uh, IP, and I'm really happy that Hogwarts Legacy is taking that. And they're implementing that into the game. That it's not just yeah. the whimsiness of it. It's more there, there. You can go a dark way. You can go with dark magic. You can go into these places in Hogwarts that are scary, just like they are in the mm. book and in the film. The, the, so far, they, it looks like they get it, and that's what it's most exciting because I love the diversity and the dif- diversification of, of of the Harry Potter IP because it's so many things, and it's not just one specific kind of traditional way of looking at a wizarding yeah, world. Yeah, kind it, of that's what thing. I mean. That's you what know, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so can't wait for that. That comes out, I think, February uh, of next year, if I'm not mistaken. And then we got into uh, a game here that we saw before, but finally got its full reveal. It's Stellar Blade, new gameplay trailer. Like I mentioned, formerly known as Project Eve. It is a PS5 exclusive, and it is coming out next year, 2023. How do we feel about everything we saw about Stellar Blade? This one might be my favorite. I, I'm, I don't want to count... I don't want to count God of War because that's an obvious one to given. But if yeah. I had to pick a game that I'd say really got me to lean forward in my chair, this might be the one. Um, I really liked the way this game uh, looked uh, and the way that the gameplay seems to be. Um, it's almost like a serious Bayonetta style gameplay um, with a sci-fi yeah. twist and, and very melodramatic Japanese uh, dialogue. Um, and it, yeah. it's, it's, it's right up my alley. Um, I think that the, the combat really, really impressed me more than probably it did when they first showed it off when it was back when it was Project Eve. It looked like a lot of fun. Now, the thing that they're going to have to really get right is make sure that the story is not gobbledygook. That's my biggest concern. Yeah. Um, that's what if, yeah. if they can get that to be at least passable and competent, that's all I need. I just need flash and flair and a lot of cool moves, and I need the, the gameplay to feel tight, which it looks like it does look like it's a tight game, but the story can't be booty hole. Cannot be, it, it has to be, um, it has to be, like I said, just competent storytelling, and then I'm okay. But uh, other than that, yeah, 
Uh, graphically, it looks great too. I think that's really big. And um, to me, this was a smart pickup for for PlayStation to to lock this in and publish it themselves. I think this one uh, has that has that cult classic kind of vibe to it. And obviously I hope that it, it ends up more successful than that if it's good enough. But um, I think it was a smart pickup by PlayStation to have a game like this in the, in the catalog. So, um, but that's, that's where I'm at. How do you feel? Yeah, I, I feel the same way as you. I, 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 I do. I'm a little concerned about the story. It does look like it's a little se- too self-serious in, in some aspects. Um, I hope that's not the case. Um, I, but it, it looked way better than than, than its initial uh, reveal when it was Project Eve. I thought that shit was like it, it, it didn't show a lot, so there wasn't a lot to yeah. go off there. But um, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of excited for this to see exactly what uh, what this is going to be. Um, but next we saw Pacific Drive. Reveal trailer, survival driving game set in 1955 in a walled off zone of anomalies coming out 2023. This didn't do a jack shit for really? me. I know a lot of people are kind of talking about it on the on the on the internet and I get it. Um not saying that it looks bad. I just uh, I'm not really a fan of any of anything that I saw. I mean, driving around it's it just wasn't my thing. But um yeah, how how do you feel about it? It's an interesting one because I think the the premise is is definitely unique. Um, you know, basically being able to kind of build up and, and evolve your car um, in a way where it, it kind of becomes your kit car after a while. It takes on, you know, yeah. it's a life of its own, and you kind of need to to go out and rummage and scavenge for things to kind of upgrade your car, and then get out there and and traverse through this this uh, this world. I think the story premise is probably what I'm most interested in. Um, with the government conspiracies and and the the time period of 1955 and, you know, just walling off that whole area and not having a lot of explanation as to why, like that mystery component, I think is really cool to me. The one thing that I will say looked a little sus was the uh, performance. The frame rate looked a little bit, Mm -hmm. a little sketchy, a little sketchy. Uh, And the art style was kind of like the Firewatch style um, look to it, which... I mostly like, but it can sometimes I wish there, there could be more detail. Um, but other than that, I think that it looked pretty, uh, pretty interesting. And I wouldn't say that this one is one that I'm like jonesing for. But when it does come out, I will take a look at it and see where it lands with reviews and make a decision from there. But uh, it yeah. is an interesting concept. Uh, I will say that much. Yeah. Then, then now we also saw uh, this is the game that kind of what Stellar Blade did for you. This is what. This is the game that did, did it for me, uh, where I leaned up here in my in my chair a little bit and be like, oh, what the hell is mm-hmm. this? And that's Rise of the Ronin, new samurai title from Koi uh, Tecmo. It is a console exclusive. This one's coming a little later in 2024. This reminded me of kind of like Assassin's Creed meets... Um, uh, uh, What's that? Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima, mm-hmm. and kind of even with the with, with Breath of the Wild, with the gliding thing uh, when you jumped off the the tower, it looked really dope. I think the name is absolutely fantastic, uh, and I think that you know there's there, there could be room for more than one kind of Ghost of Tsushima like if the story is 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 good, and it looks like there's a lot of like it, it looks different. The story definitely looks a lot more different than what what Ghost of Tsushima was trying to tell, but artistically it does look really similar. But definitely a game I'm looking forward to. Rise of the what did you think? Uh, it looked good. I mean, um, I think I was a little shaky, not to go back to performance issues again, but it did look a little choppy in some respects. There was a lot of pop in uh, in the trailer. So you can definitely tell this game is a little ways off. So I definitely yeah. got the 2024 vibes and I checked it out. But having said that, uh, I do like the way the game looks. I love the style. It seems like 
the, 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 it's going to be like an era of samurai and, and ninja games coming between Assassin's Creed, Ghost of Tsushima 2, uh, Like a Dragon Ishin, and Rise of the Ronin. Like, we're going to have our plates full of this stuff uh, in, in, in not too long from now. But that's a good problem to have. I like you know, these kinds of games anyway. Yeah, you know, I, I think that. Um I think we're just we're gonna have in the future just a whole mess of different kinds of games because I remember like in the summer people were like we're all in the next two year we're just gonna have space games <laughs> and then now we're just gonna have farming simulators now yeah. we're gonna have Sam- I, I just think that just these games are kind of just getting all bunched up but I think we'll be fine I don't think I don't think we're gonna be playing twenty twenty four we're just gonna be ninja samurai games but yeah. uh but I I, I I uh this looks good and I can't wait but I think that obviously um kind of what 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 tied the show in a, in a nice little bow for us was god of war ragnarok um they showed off a controller but that wasn't it it was a new cinematic story trailer which i didn't think i needed i didn't think i wanted to see and you know i think uh, last week or maybe the week before that we kind of were a little worried about not worried but we're kind of like okay god of war looks a little bit similar to we did say that yeah. and that still and that's still the case a little but this did a lot for me in way of kind of uh, show me the necessity as to why this game exists, and it looks, it looks so fucking good. I will say that um, Atreus voice actor has grown up now. It's, his his voice acting is a little rough. I, I'll, I'll say that much. But everything else, holy shit! The the Thor uh, Kratos fight at the end there, where they went both swung their their weapons and it got stuck onto each other, and then they fucking each called it back, and then oh come on, oh man. Come on. <laughs> listen man that trailer might be top 10 trailers of all time i think i could say it it, it might it might be up there for me um personally that trailer was incredible um i just i really thought it was just going to be a bunch of spliced up combat a couple of lines of dialogue here's the title card but they really went in, and they showed a lot of very, very fascinating stuff in that trailer. Uh, the scale and scope of that game, the this seeing that that weird jellyfish thing pop out, f- shooting the arrow off into the eclipse, and then the sky parts and something else is going on. Like that was crazy. Ho, oh. um, oh, all of that looked great. Uh, every teaspoon of that game looks really good, and uh, whatever waning hype you could say that i had i think it it fully restored itself and um it is certainly uh of all the games that are left this year to come out definitely at the top of my list of most anticipated uh of 2022 now and um man i really hope I really, really hope this game surpasses 2018 in a way that is, like, definitive. I don't want it to be the subjective, well, you know, 2018, special place in my heart. Like, I want this game to blow the last one out of the water so bad. And this was the first time that I ever felt like that might be possible. And that's that's a really good feeling to have off of a trailer. So that's where I'm at with it. This looked incredible, and I cannot wait. Yeah, I don't disagree yeah. there for sure. Uh, so let's go with grades. Um I went. I I, I kind of pulled an audible here, and I and I went up a letter grade. I went A minus. Mm. Um, I I think that twenty minutes. It's a state of play. Kind of got to put my mindset to that as to what this was. It wasn't a showcase. It was a state of play, 
and they showed showcase level stuff. I mean, Tekken 8 being revealed here is huge. Like a Dragon Ishin is huge for me. And the Hogwarts stuff is, you know, game we already know exists, but that, that you know, the, the exclusive um, quest for them, that's a cool thing to show on their platform because it is exclusive to their uh, uh, to their system. So all that plus, you know, Rise of the Ronin and Stellar Blade, I, I really think that they delivered here. I think, and then obviously they got a War Ragnarok stuff, kind of changing my perception of, of the, even though it was a positive one, now I'm like, holy shit, this could be one of the best games of all time. Um, I think that this, this state of play did a lot in that way, and state of plays are known to be very inconsistent, and at times completely dreadful. We just had one a couple of months ago that was awful, and this is this is not even close to that. So, with that being said, I gotta go A minus. A minus here. I really enjoyed the state of play. I, I was, I was invested. I was into it from the get, and I thought that they pulled it off here and they did a fantastic job. Yeah, um, I'm. I didn't go as high as an A minus, but I'm pretty close. I'm at a B. Um, I thought this this was right on time for PlayStation. I think they needed something like this. And, you know, we're not going to talk a lot about the the whole Jim Ryan versus Phil Spencer thing at, at, on the show unless there's something meaningful that happens. But I think we needed a, a break from all that. And this was a really nice deviation from all that drama and all the discourse about it to just check out some games, see what PlayStation's got cooking up, what, you know, whether the, the games were exclusive or not. This was just a really nice showcase of really interesting interesting games and we saw a lot of gameplay that's that's what i'll give them the most credit for there wasn't a lot of cg trailer stuff going on really at all everything that we saw was real time and that is really important to me too because i don't need to know what you think the game is going to be like if you're a developer i want to see what it actually plays like and each of these games showed me something literally even the stuff that we didn't talk about on the show like uh the, the mech game uh sin duality or whatever it was like even though that doesn't right. do anything for me i got a chance to actually see that game in motion in action and that's cool to me and and for 20 minutes like pablo said you pack in all that stuff in this really condensed format but you keep the momentum going and you show us stuff we can actually take and hold tangibly and say okay that's what this game is going to be like and we can do something with that you can't it's hard to knock that so i think sony did a great job um i do think they do need to get a real showcase happening uh hopefully next month or in november yeah. they they're due for like a long event uh to tell us what's coming up from a first party standpoint but if this was an appetizer for that then it was a really good one so i i left satisfied yeah, so yeah. i want to yeah i want to know more what as what sony has up their sleeve yeah. for sure because so far uh they're doing a lot but i do have questions as to where their first party is going after all these sequels and stuff are already out but you know what uh it's been an eventful week an eventful show uh but that's gonna wrap up this week's show uh until next time don't forget to give our podcast a sub if you enjoyed this and don't forget to follow us on instagram and twitter which is at it's cool downtime so that will always be in your fov thanks for listening and we'll see you next week see you